Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will continue our discussion of Chapter 4 of Observing the Craft, The Pursuit of Excellence. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have very worshipful brother David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge Number 60 in Auburn, Washington, worshipful brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles Number 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia, and I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of Mill Creek Number 243 uh, here in Montlake Terrace, Washington. And uh, as I said earlier, we are going to continue our discussion of, of Chapter 4 here, and, and these guys are going to keep telling me how, how wrong I am. So get out your flogs. And- no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're missing jared so we need to have a voice of dissent <laughs> <laughs> although i feel like i should I, I don't know if i should pull back the curtain or not but i'll I'll do it anyway the david and jared actually had already recorded a couple episodes about these um well they had done a couple episodes about these this chapter and some due to some uh technical issues not all the recordings came out so we ended up uh we're trying again here so, uh, I, I guess is, Stephen is and Matt, cool um, because we weren't there, right? <laughs> exactly. A Stephen and a Matt equals a Jared, apparently. Well, they'll, <laughs> so they'll be published just before this. So, if you want to hear the, the, the part that I messed up on, <laughs> just go back and listen to that two episodes. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize we were releasing those two. Oh, well, the first one we put the first one out, and then I thought, well, oh. I can't do the second one. You know, anyway, so they'll be out. You can get a different, you can still get at least several episodes on chapter four. So. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So, uh, where were we? We said that we left off about chapter page sixty six or so. Yeah, I I was commenting that I read the top paragraph of sixty six, which if you have the hardbound book list, the special edition that Jared has, then you will, you won't be able to follow that. But those us uh, common folk have the paperback and the, the second paragraph, the first paragraph, the bottom half, it talks about that. Uh, in an attempt to seek new members rather than having men seek us out as they always has done. And I added my comments is society not seeking. And so I think even in our other recording that we missed, <laughs> this is where we started off again on the second part was it is society not seeking the ideals of Freemasonry like it maybe it used to. I think that was the question I threw out. And that I kind of actually feel like this is maybe a, Maybe a topic broader than this book, but I feel like in in society, in the interest that we're seeing, at least at our lodge, from men in our area, that there is sort of an uptick in that spiritual seekingness that that I think they're talking about here, or that Andrew Hammer is talking about here. I, I I could be wrong, but I feel like there's always some fraction of society that that is that person, right? They're they're looking to. You know, they maybe they try Buddhism or they try Christianity or they try meditation or whatever it is. And some of those people end up at our doorstep. And I think we do have something to offer them. I I 100% agree. We have lots to offer them. Right. And it, it, 
as the guy who receives most of the initial contact for our lodge, um, it's very disappointing, actually, um, to know how many guys reach out but don't follow up, right? And, um, you know, the next step is theirs. You know, they they seek out, they, they get some information, and the next step is theirs. And um, it, it, are they not following up, you know, because uh, they find out that there's a lot of work involved in improving themselves or, um, you know, I mean... <clears throat> wasn't quite the social club they were expecting or hoping it to be. I, I don't really know. Right. But we tell them what to expect. So. And I have, so I have thoughts, <laughs> not surprisingly. So there's how, so you, you read that in the last episode, you, Stephen, you read an excerpt from an email about um, chasing potential uh, members potential masons so the at what point are we chasing them and at what point are we making ourselves available i mean if if mason if masons only ever met in my basement and never ever talked about masonry with anyone ever then it would die right if mason there so there's that extreme and there's the extreme of whatever, mailing petitions to people randomly or, you know, whatever, blanketing the area with petitions in the mail. Somewhere in the middle there exists where we ought to be, probably, right? I don't know about that. I, I'm i still, I think I got to really side uh, with Andrew Hammer on this one where I believe that, you know, it is to be sought out by the individual and even though I'm the I'm the guy that's in the head of the recruitment and retention committee, uh, and I'd love to see greater numbers and in, in greater membership, um, I think the quality of man that comes from seeking his way and 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 pursuing his path because it's not just seeking; it's they've got to pursue it, right? Um, you can seek it, but once you find it, you got to pursue that, right? And I guess that's why one of the reasons we call them seekers, right? Uh, a true seeker will follow through and, and pursue his his journey, right? And um, I think that when you start reaching out and and to remind people that you're there because you haven't heard from them for a while, I I think we're chasing, and um, you know it, it's a fine line because. You know, um, you'd like to also see the membership, but I have also experienced and witnessed over my 23 years, a lot of uh, guys come and go. <clears throat> so it obviously wasn't for them, right? Because as we've heard, it's not for everyone. Well, <clears throat> yes, and there, there's there's something to be said about not recruiting people, but what also about branding and awareness, making sure that masonry is a viable option that people know about it. I think I, mean, I went through my 38 years of life before I became a mason, not 38 now, <laughs> but 
my, my first 38 years of, of life, essentially not knowing anything about Freemasonry. I mean, I guess that, sure, that's not quite true. Probably 30 years at least of not knowing anything about Masonry. And then when my great uncle started talking to me about his experiences in Freemasonry, then I had some inkling of it, but still didn't really know what it was about. So is it also, is it not that society is seeking what we have, or potentially, maybe the society's changing, but also I was thinking that, you know, I don't know what the population numbers are. I probably should have checked it be- between the last time we recorded and this time we recorded. But just uh, if we if we look at the population of the United States, for example, or, or the world in general, and let's say one in every thousand people was a Freemason back in the seventeen in the seventeen yeah late seventeen hundreds early eighteen hundreds. Let's just use that as an example. <laughs> now my guess is that the the population ratio is one to a hundred thousand, right? One to or more. I mean, it's, it's not it's math. Matt's running the numbers in his head as we think <laughs> as I'm rambling on here, but it's a significantly different. The while the population increased significantly in the fifties, it has declined just below, as we've seen on charts before, just below the overall population of masonry, numbers of masonry, below what it was in the early 18th century. Or, right, no, 19th century, excuse me, early 19th century, 1800s. And so, but the population has exploded comparison to the total population then. So Freemasonry was a more visible thing almost to its detriment than that there was degrees were being sold in the dockyards and you know, for 25 bucks, I can make you a master Mason kind of thing. Well, not 25 bucks would have been 25 cents probably back then, but, but there's a lot more people now. And so is Freemasonry as visible and prevalent? Of course, there's lots of other organizations too. So, well, I think you make a very good point. I don't think that it is as visible and prevalent. Uh, and I don't think as many people know about it. Um, it would be really cool to think that everybody knows about Freemasonry, but you, you know, your, your example of your own experience is a prime example of this 38 years of your life that you didn't know about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> my story is a little different. I, uh, I knew about it from my teenage years, but, um, I, I think that, um, though I don't think we should chase, I think we should, it's our duty to inform the public that we're here that we exist and and do we do that through advertisements or just being the pursuit of excellence being good people and we bring that to the population um well i don't know that advertisements so much uh i i'm i I am really torn about that because i've been a marketing person most of my life and so i believe that you know good marketing is beneficial and um, I, I think that letting people know, I think that our building presence uh, in our community, um, if, uh, if it's well uh, signed, you know, if you have good signage on your building and a good, uh, it'll give you a, a definite presence in the heart of your city. I think that that's pretty good. Um the rest is marketing, which is uh, borderline um, of, to me, recruiting, yeah. right? Uh, though, how do you, how, how do people know about that you're here if you don't tell them? 
right? So it's it, it is really a catch twenty two, um, and and, I, and one I really struggle with a lot. Um, lately, I've seen in BC we have a program called the Cornerstone Project and a, and a Marker Project, right? And the Cornerstone Project um, put a QR code on our building, right? And it, it takes them to a page that uh, um, will have markers and, and links and information and so on. So now what are we doing there? Are we marketing or are we answering questions that somebody is seeking out, right? And that's the way that that's kind of put to us. So I've seen some buildings that have post put posters on their buildings, uh, large murals, if you will, um, that have stories or statements or, or one-liners to make you think about Freemasonry, right? And people are debating, is that marketing? Well, <clears throat> I think our building should... Um, speak to the public and i think that um some of that's a good thing anything beyond that to me really feels more like marketing so in in his contrarian idea the top of 69 i'm gonna jump ahead just a page he says that ultimately the decline in numbers does not equate to a loss of validity so masonry is still valid, still a good thing, but the loss of numbers are okay. And that this loss of validity, this, it's a mindset of a missionary and not a mason. I put a big wow next to that. I thought, so or should we be concerned? We've, we've had shows, We one of our shows was, uh, you know, masonry is not downsizing, it's right-sizing, right? I think that was the title of it. And so are we just experiencing something that's normal but if we look at the overall population again compared to the masonic component of it <clears throat> we're becoming smaller and smaller and smaller faction well that, that's okay though right is that the, okay uh, i, I kind of think it is in one sense if you think about it um and and this has been brought up in, uh, several times in in discussions uh, in many masonic circles that when the war was over, we had a mass influx of membership. Our our numbers grew exponentially because guys that were no longer in in service were looking for something uh, that gave them that fraternal aspect, that that bond, that brotherhood with the the guys that served they served with, right? And it naturally had m led them to seek out something like that and of course that kind of bond and brotherhood and fellowship is found in masonry right um so i believe can, that we have it can be I yeah true it true it can be it can also you can have other problems there too yes well but i i do I believe that I think our, our numbers were artificially inflated by that aspect alone. So now they're they're kind of dying off, and our numbers are going backwards. But isn't it to uh, reduce the scale? Well, again, it's right sizing potentially, and maybe those yeah. those guys that 
made Freemasonry what their Freemasonry rather than what it maybe should be. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that maybe this new crop of Masons that's coming in in the last few years might change things. I, I you know there's something that struck me and I forgot we should probably have talked about this is that this book was written what, 10 plus years ago. And so the issues of today may not be the same as the issues of 10 plus years ago. And just like our previous, but, but even series. this talks about you know uh, uh, there was a previous right. How many years before that? Well, right, the, and, where and, they were traveling was yeah. 40, sixty years before this. So right, yeah. so and it's still relevant. I think it's the same, uh, same relevance today. Yeah, twenty ten. Oh yeah, so yeah, thirteen years. So it might have been slightly different. It, I think I would agree that there has been a. I don't know if it's due to COVID. A lot of people are marking it as a COVID effect, the COVID effect that people are coming in after COVID. But I think it was already started previous to COVID that there was an interest level, a more serious interest level of Masons coming in, men seeking something else, something more. That was a wry smile, Matt. Do you not agree with that? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm... I want it to be true. I would like to see that. I would like to see a, you know, it's hard to tell in the middle of a wave if a wave is happening. Yeah. Is it, or are we, is it going to, whatever, is it doing this? And, and it's just whatever the pent up demand from those three years, or is it an actual long-term change? I, I don't know yet. But do we want a wave or do we want the tide to rise? I think we really want the tide to rise more than the, more that's than what the I'm saying is I, I don't know which it is. Sure, it sure. could be either one. Sure, it's a pretty small wave if it's a wave, right? <laughs> so far, <laughs> so far. Well, he, he, yeah. he back to your sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Oh, uh, back to your point, Steve, the, in your email that uh, the the guy that that's coming in has to be serious about the endeavor, and Andrew talks about well, there is a bit of my concern, even though. Um, kind of again, surgical table of masonry here. That some of the guys that have been coming into our lodge, even though we bring them through the six steps and they are more serious about masonry, I think there also is a little bit of, in some cases, a lack of uh, commitment. And we're seeing that across membership. It's not just, I shouldn't blame just the new guys. And so all those new guys are listening. It's not about you. I'm not talking about any, I'm not going to name names, but I'm not talking specifically about you because there's some that are engaging. But there are, uh, you know, we've got 80 members. There's probably 60 that or so that could come if they want to, maybe 40 actually that really could come if they want to. And then there's, you know, so why aren't all y'all coming? What, what's, where's this commitment level? You know, we are officers of our lodge. We kind of internally bite our tongues about, well, it's just the four of us or five of us or 10 of us. And then we think we're concerned. Are, do they think we're running a lodge? Because we're not running a lodge, although I guess we are because we're the only ones showing up. I mean, for not for meetings, but for the core stuff, right? For temple board and and uh, discussions about the progress of the lodge. At the meetings, we get twenty some guys or so to come, so it's a good meeting number. But to dive further into masonry, to be more serious about masonry, to make it a real endeavor, and that commitment. It has to, the man has to decide to have that commitment, right? 100%. And I, I, I we have the same kind of ratio happens uh, here, right? Uh, so I don't think it's 
you know, a singular occurrence. I think it's it's very common. Lack of commitment is a real issue these days, you know. And we, t I tell everybody, you know, you're gonna, you, you, if you've petitioned a lodge before, or you've knocked on the door, or you've talked to somebody before, they'll say, oh yeah, it's only one meeting a month. But I tell them, you know, depending on what you're looking for, if they're looking for that connection and 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 that fellowship and whatnot. I tell them that, you know, you should be expecting, you know, three, four nights a month, right. Uh, to go out and visit and, and participate in your, in your area, uh, and to get the true, um, effects of Freemasonry, you got to participate, you know, and that, um, uh, I think does scare off some of them. Um, but then to me, it tells me that it wasn't for them. Yeah. So Steve started off his comment with a hundred percent and I would say 50%. Yes. The, yes, the guy needs to be committed. And I, I agree that the more one seeks and one puts effort into masonry, the more one gets out of it, which I don't really love the phrase. You get out of it what you put into it, but on some level, it's kind of true. But also, the Lodge has to make an effort. And putting aside the whole seeker thing, once that guy is, has taken his entered apprentice degree, the Lodge has to put in an effort to have something appealing and something meaningful and something that that man is looking for. Because I mean, I warn our candidate. Who is the Lodge? What's that? What's that? Who, I'm sorry. Who is the Lodge, though? When you say the Lodge has to, well, who is the Lodge? Well, I would argue when when someone's an entered apprentice, they're not. I mean, they're they're well, in the you're only talking about of the, the lodge, guy. but they're not. Okay, you're only talking about the new guy. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking about all of us. All, we all have to all offer all of each other <laughs> a uh, some kind of something, right? I mean, there's not a there. I've never been to a meeting of King Solomon. I'm assuming it's an awesome meeting that everyone would love if they were to show up at. But there are lodges out there where if you... There's no value. You're, you're saying the lodge has to give the guy value and a reason exactly. to come, right? Exactly. Well, and, I know and, and, and that brings a debate of what is determined to be value, right? And, you know, if we want to talk about being an observant lodge, right? Or, you know, and, and it really, I mean, we, our lodge is going to have this big debate coming up here real shortly because we've got to now look at ourselves and our numbers and go, who is Prince Charles Lodge? What, I mean, we used to just be known for um, um, doing good ritual, right? And, you know, now we gotta, we're not just known where, I mean, yeah, we do good ritual, but we got our numbers, our numbers are down. We got to focus. Are we going to be a social Lodge, because now you've, we've got different guys saying, you know, I want to have some social things. And we got other guys saying, well, I want more education. And, you know, well, what are, where are we going to focus? Are we going to uh, have these fractions or are we going to try and deliver a whole package or are we just going to, um, as a great, that's a great segue in a page 69. Right. 
Right. And, you know, and unfortunately, uh, we talk a lot and uh, our our time is coming to an end. So if Matt can wrap us up, we can maybe start 69 in, a, in our next segment. We can start 69ing in our next segment, indeed. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so. Thanks, Matt. Real quick before we uh, before we before I do because otherwise I'll forget. Stephen, you said you had uh, someone you wanted to to talk about real quick on that. Yeah, w- wanted to say a shout out to uh, Brother Craig Graham. He he's a regular listener, listens to us on the road uh, to and from Kamloops, and when he's uh, sitting out in Kamloops and nothing to do, and on these work nights that he has to go on on, on the road, uh, shout out to him. He he gives us a lot of feedback regularly and and we appreciate him listening and we appreciate all our listeners and we definitely appreciate the feedback so please do if uh if you're you're out there and you think the if you if you side with me please make some comments on uh, on uh wherever on youtube or facebook or and we we'd love to hear them um and with that on behalf of uh david and Stephen and jared and myself thank you all for listening to the working tools podcast we'll talk to you again soon goodbye